With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, it is that time once again. Kickoff inches closer and closer. But here at Betting You, we are ready to break down the G5 today. What's up, everybody? Ben Raza and Matt Gajeski here for Betting You for Odd Chopper. We are diving in to the rest of the country. If you've been following us, if you've been watching these videos, you know we've broken down all the big schools in all the big conferences. But that's only half the picture. There's dozens of other schools with win totals, with conference futures, and maybe even if Cincinnati can do it, maybe a G5 school can. I know that you're going to say no, Matt, but we're going to break down these teams nonetheless. And I know you've got a soft spot for the Sun Belt and the MAC and some of these other conferences. Yeah, I certainly do. We've got a lot to get to today. Uh, I, like you said, I don't think we'll get a playoff team, but we have plenty of actionable bets in these conferences. And we're going through you know, five and a, and a half because we're going to do independence as well. So yep. there's just a lot to get lot to get to. Yeah, let's not even pull any punches. I'm going to talk about BetMGM just a little bit, a way to get some money to the bankroll. But if you guys are hopping in for the first time, you want to support the show, hit the like button. You guys know the drill. We are not going to stall anymore. Let's go. AAC. This is, I mean, I, I'm going to say a question statement. Seems like the best G5 conference out there. This is a team that did produce uh, the playoff team of Cincinnati. They've got Houston. UCF has been relevant on the national stage. Deep SMU, Memphis, then some pretty bad schools. Navy's fallen on tough times. Temple has fallen on crazy tough times. So we're going to dive in. Give me your thoughts on the conference itself and then a couple teams that we really need to take notice of. Yeah, there's like five or six legit teams in here. It's really a conference of the haves and the have-nots, and I think we'll separate this a lot when we get conference realignment. But you even see this in recruiting. There's four teams in the top 60, which is much better than some of the even the power five schools are recruiting. Like you're, you're going to see four schools in here that recruit better than like Cal, Washington State, UCLA, Kansas State, NC State, which is kind of tough to hear, but it's true. And those teams, for the most part, are Cincinnati, Houston, UCF and Memphis, SMU being not too far behind. So you do have some legit powerful schools in this conference, I think highlighted by Cincinnati last year. They're just losing so much. They lose their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, who I think is the most important loss to this team. But even you look on defense, you no know, Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant, Majai Sanders. They lose their running back, Jerome Ford. They lose Alec Pierce. It's an offense that is completely dismantled compared to last year. The only unit they really have intact is their O-line, which was their biggest weakness. So you have a lot of questions moving into this year, not to mention their four-star quarterback, Evan Prater, who's the highest recruit in program history. 
hasn't beaten out Ben Bryant for the job. So you got a lot of questions there, which I think opens up the conference as a whole to some of those other teams that are recruiting heavily. And my personal favorite team is Houston in this conference. Their team that's returning a ton, they return their signal caller, Clayton Toon, who was actually the highest graded quarterback and highest graded passer in the conference per PFF last year. Yes, he was graded higher than Desmond Ritter. This offensive line loses two full-time starters, but the guys they have coming in are solid. They have a couple transfers, Tyler Johnson from Texas, Lance Robinson from Middle Tennessee State to complement their returning starters, giving them a good unit overall. And then on defense, they do return six starters, but they had a lot of injuries last year and multiple players got starting experience. And then from there, they have Nathaniel Delback. They had a lot of transfers in the portal. Joseph Manjack, Sam Brown, Cody Jackson. They also have Keyshawn Carter. This is a really strong team. And I think if you're looking to back someone to win the conference, Houston at plus 250 is my favorite bet. I also like their over on the win total. It's sitting at nine, but it's minus 125. And this team dodges a lot of the strong teams in this conference. You know, they're not playing Cincinnati. They're not playing UCF. So you have a really good path to nine wins and some push equity with this win total. Yeah, just to add a little to that non-con, it's not super easy, but I still think they can get through pretty unscathed. UTSA, Texas Tech, and Kansas. So uh, more than manageable for Houston. Cincinnati's win total is also nine. It seems like if you were going to bet one of the two, you would rather go over on Houston rather than over on Cincinnati, who opens with a real interesting game against Arkansas. Yeah, I would. If I were betting Cincinnati, it would be under, but it's not one I want to take. They have a bunch of tough games. They're big dogs to Arkansas, touchdown underdogs. They're going to play Indiana. That's not an easy game. They'll be favored. But then they get SMU, UCF, and a couple other middling opponents in this conference. It's enough where I'm just a little weary, and I would rather take Houston overall. And then from there, I think you just look down towards some better bets in the conference. When you look at this conference, because it does seem to me, uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are kind of on their own tier. Is there a team, not not to even win the conference, but a win total as as we look at the, the rest of the conference quickly? Is there a team at the bottom that you want to short? Is there a team in the middle that you say can maybe emerge as a top three or four team in the conference? What do you make of the rest of the AAC? It's kind of hard to short the teams at the bottom because you clearly have a pecking order. So it's like, what am I going to short Temple or Navy and like their three or four win totals? So it's it's kind of hard down there. The one team I really like who's pretty far down is South Florida just because of the additions they made. Bohannon comes over from Baylor. They had a lot in the portal, but their schedule is so hard that it's really hard to bet South Florida. In the middle, I think you have two interesting teams in Memphis and East Carolina. Looking at the Memphis roster, they do have some players to replace. Their offensive line, I think, is – kind of in a state of rebuild. They lost two starters there. One, Dylan Parham was their best starter, but they have some pretty decent transfers coming in. Florida State's Ira Henry to complement what they do have. And that team overall recruits at a really high level. They're another one of those teams inside the top 60 in recruiting. They have a lot coming back on offense. Seth Hennigan's a solid signal caller. Brandon Thomas, they add Javion Ducker from Northern Illinois, the running back in the portal. And they have some solid receivers, Javon Ivory, Gabriel Rogers, Eddie Lewis. These are good players. So I think Memphis is a team to watch. Their schedule is not really that difficult. They do have Mississippi State and Noncon, who they were able to beat last year. But I think they have three wins the rest of the way in Arkansas State, North Texas, North Alabama, within the conference. 
you're dodging some of the better teams. Cincinnati is not on their schedule. So it's really winnable for Memphis. I think plus money, one plus 120 that is at seven and a half wins is something I would look at. And then East Carolina has a really sneaky roster here too that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Holton Ailers is back seemingly for his, I don't know, eighth season, but he's been a solid signal caller there. And he's a veteran. He was the sixth highest graded quarterback in this conference last year. My biggest question with East Carolina is their offensive line where they do lose three starters, but they have a lot of players that have been at least situational players on this offense before, not to mention they hammered the transfer portal and they're going to lower level of competition, taking some like all Americans from the FCS level. Ben Johnson comes over from Marist, Justin Red from Norfolk state. We'll see how these guys can gel, but I mean, FCS All-Americans coming up to the G5, yeah, that's a jump they should make. And then on defense, they return eight starters, which should be the strength of their team this year. Their schedule also is, is fairly easy comparatively. You do get Houston and Cincinnati. That game's on the road, but you dodge UCF. Your non-con is certainly winnable outside of NC State. So over six and a half, that's also plus money. Those are two teams I like to kind of emerge out of the middle of the pack here, Memphis and East Carolina. They really need to let Holton run. Those were the days when he was running for 100 yards a game, giving you the double bonus over on DraftKings. Those days are gone, unfortunately. But here's what we're going to do for each conference to kind of wrap it up. Winner of the conference, I'm assuming you're going to say Houston. And then if you had to give that sleeper team, is it East Carolina? Sleeper, yeah. Memphis, I think I would like to say Memphis, but I think they're a little too well-known. If you want to go really deep, South Florida's got a great team. They just play an impossible schedule. I'm going to be betting South Florida a lot during the year, but, man, we won't get into it, but they play just murderers role. And they've got Aju Aju, former Clemson great. Uh, for me, I agree. I think that Houston is going to win this conference. My sleeper team, I'm not saying to win the conference, but just who could emerge a little. I think that Tulsa could be pretty good this year. Uh, their win total sits at six. They returned some manageable schedule in non-con. I don't think they're going to make crazy noise, but I think we'll see Tulsa in a bowl game this year. Uh, so they're my team from the bottom half of the AAC that I think can do a little, little impact and maybe knock off a couple of teams. Now, we shift gears. That's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be jumping around from conferences. Conference USA, not my favorite conference. It's a weird conference. I feel like there's no, no pecking order, but lately, certainly, Texas, San Antonio, the Roadrunners have emerged, and they are once again the favorite. Eight and a half wins. Uh, it is juiced to the under, so people are expecting maybe some regression. So what do we see when we look at the Conference USA landscape? I think you have two clear teams at the top in UTSA and UAB. Both teams return a ton, but this is kind of priced in. They both have win totals of eight and a half, juiced towards the under. They just play in G5 conference. So when like UTSA in particular, their non-con is Houston, Army, Texas, and Texas Southern. They're probably going to come out of that two and two. They're about a six-point underdog to Houston, and they're certainly going to be an underdog to Texas. And then you have to go into your schedule with two surefire losses. So if they drop two others, and again, they play UAB at UAB, you're not flirting with a lot of wiggle room here. So I don't like either team in terms of their win total. I do think they're the two clear favorites to win this conference, but you're not getting a ton of equity if you're betting them to win it overall. UTSA plus 210, UAB plus 230. They could be a rematch late in the year for the conference title between these two teams if all goes well. They're built kind of differently. UTSA is going to be like a team that plays a, a little faster. They're going to try to stretch you out. They run a lot. 
but they have some solid receivers coming back. They essentially return their entire receiving core. UAB is going to be this run-heavy team with Dylan Hopkins under center. They have a really strong offensive line. They do lose three starters, but they have some really good production coming back. And they return eight starters in their defense, which ranked eighth in the country last year. So, you know, when UTSA is trying to, like, stretch you out and play fast, UAB, I think, is going to be slow and really run-heavy. These two teams are going to be a really interesting match during the season. But overall, I, I don't want to bet either win total. Yeah, I don't really see a ton. And it kind of is reflected in even the, the conference outrights. There's still a lot of teams that are, you know, in that 5 to 10 to 1. And the next team that I want to ask you about is Western Kentucky, who clearly uh, they retooled a lot last year. They brought in Houston Baptist players, including Zappi at quarterback, and it was just immense. Now, of course, he's gone. What is left for them? Because their win total is also eight and a half. It's juiced to the under at minus 140, plus 450 to win Conference USA. Do you have them as a clear third, or do you think they could emerge with UAB and UTSA? No, I think this is a team that's actually going to take a big step back. They they lose their coach. Zappi is gone. Jarrett Deggy was supposed to be their starting signal caller. He got out, he got beat out by a D2 guy in Austin Reed from West Florida. So you have major questions at quarterback. They lost Jareth Stearns to the NFL. Mitchell Tinsley transferred to Penn State. Your two best receivers are gone. They lose three offensive linemen who were their three best starters here. Their defense wasn't great to begin with. They do return seven starters from the 61st-ranked unit here. But I think they're clearly a step behind UAB and UTSA, both of whom are on the schedule. Their non-con features Indiana and Auburn, which I think are two more losses, which right away puts you beneath the win total. So this is one... I would really like to bet, not to mention there are some other middling teams in this conference I think they could drop games to. FAU stands out as a team that could emerge as a better team. And this Western Kentucky team might end up with just five losses, which puts you clearly below the win total, which sits at minus 140. It's one of my favorite bets in the conference. I would agree. I didn't really get this when I looked at it. Uh, You mentioned that it's not just Zappy. The production across the board offensively is gone. Do you think they, just to pass it back to you, do you think they changed their identity in terms, I mean, they were throwing the ball crazy amounts. Uh, Do you see that changing? No, because Tyson Helton is their coach and they hired a lot of in-place, like in-house guys. So I don't think it's going to change drastically, but you never know. FAU, the Owls, who are right below them in the conference, (laughs) is a team that I, I think I'm more bullish on and they, draw them in that last season of the game, it could push the win total over. Then you've got, again, you're going to have a bunch of teams at the bottom of this conference fighting for bowl eligibility. You also have FIU, who is going to be fighting for probably the worst team in the entire country. Uh, They barely have a program at this point. Is there anyone from that bottom half? For me, I'll just throw it out there. Not that I'm saying this team is great, but I think that Charlotte, who's a team that has come into, you know, what, what is quote unquote the D1 ranks lately, uh, they're slowly building up. I think they're a team that could fight for bowl eligibility. Four and a half win total, uh, minus 110 on both sides. I'm pretty high on the 49ers to be at least relevant and respectable in this conference. Yeah, I like Charlotte. They play a tough schedule. They do. I think yeah. if you're looking at the bottom half of the conference, FAU's win total at five and a half stands out. It's minus 170, but it's just clearly wrong. I think you could even take this at six if you have some better juice on it. Their schedule is just pretty easy overall. In their non-con, you have two surefire wins in Ohio and southeastern Louisiana. They do play UCF and Purdue, which I think they come out of two and two. But overall, you have a veteran quarterback in Nikosi Perry. He is what he is. 
They're, this is a team that's going to rely on their defense and running the ball a lot. They returned six starters from the 27th ranked defense, but they have a lot of solid options coming back here, and they return a lot of their premier starters. Offensive line is also pretty good here, which lends itself to running the ball. So I think FAU over five and a half just because of the level of difficulty on their schedule. And then UTEP is a team that I think we should be paying attention to. No, they're probably not going to win this conference, but their schedule is not bad outside of playing Oklahoma and Boise State. I think they come out of non-con two and two. And they have a lot you really like on the offense. Gavin Hardison is back. Not a great quarterback, but he's a veteran. They have some solid receivers and they have a pretty good offensive line overall, not to mention their defense returns eight starters. So I think even if Hardison doesn't take a huge step forward, this is a team that could fall back on solid defensive play and the run game. Their win total is just five and a half. And again, I don't think it's the most difficult schedule. I think you come out of non-con two and two, and then you hit this conference overall. Luckily, they have Rice, they have FIU, they have Charlotte and Louisiana Tech on their schedule. Those are all teams. They play the bottom four teams in terms of postseason odds in this conference, which is solid. And I think you can at least get three of those, putting you at least in the same ballpark as the win total. And I think five wins is the floor. Six is where I project them. And there's value in case they upset a team like Middle Tennessee State, FAU in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, listen, UTEP a couple of years ago was on the short list for worst programs. They've done a pretty good job. I do, and I think his name is, Cal, I want to say Cal Wing. They had an all-star receiver who transferred. Uh, that I don't know where is he? Do you know where he's he at? Arizona. 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 This is a show for a different time. They got wide receivers. Uh, I don't know how they recruit these guys and get these transfers, but good for them. UTEP. Again, it's wide open at the bottom of this conference. You have a bunch of teams projected for five and a half to four and a half wins in terms of where Vegas lines them. Some of them are going to merge with six or seven, and a couple of them are going to have you know two and ten seasons. For me, it's Charlotte. You've mentioned a couple others. The bottom two teams, do we even need to talk about Rice or FIU? Are you wearing a Rice shirt? That's question one. Yeah, I, I actually am no. wearing a Rice shirt. I, I, see, I know what's going on. <laughs> but I'm not taking their win total. Yeah, not taking their poor Rice. Have they ever been good? Not in my lifetime. No. At FIU. least in my memory, my like college football remembering years. Yeah, I don't really remember them ever being good in anything they're not good in basketball either they're a very smart school if you if you are an owl alumni you're much smarter than us but i wouldn't touch their win total let's do the same thing we did for the aac winner of the conference and then one team that you think is the sleeper team to possibly w watch out for i think utsa wins the conference unfortunately i don't think there's a ton of value in betting that I like FAU and UTEP as the sleeper teams. I think shorting Western Kentucky makes a lot of sense. And I'll also be shorting Northern Texas. They're, they play like an exciting style of play, but they have quarterback issues. We don't know who their starter is. Their transfers like Grant Gunnell did not pan out. They only return a couple starters here on offense. They were all really bad. And they only returned five starters on defense, which was the strength of the team. They were 31st there last year. But only one all-conference player comes back. So I'll also be taking the under on North Texas. I'm going to say that UAB wins the conference plus 230. Them, them and UTSA are, are pretty much in line, but I'm going to ride with the Dragons. Uh, my sleeper team is Charlotte, for sure. Over four and a half wins, I think, that of these teams at the bottom. They're doing some things. It is a tough schedule, but they have a couple gimmies. I think they will knock off the games that they're going to have to need to. They're going to have to win that handful of the UTEPs, North Texas, MTSU, type games and I, I think that they will and I'll just echo if I had to bet one thing here 
it would be shorting Western Kentucky. I don't get that win total. It jumped off the page for me as well. I am completely in line with that. And if you're looking to bet those win totals, if you are looking to get some money for college football, bet MGM is the place for you. They have a fantastic offer. It is something that we have talked about a lot on this show. And I want to make sure that you guys are aware of what's going on. It's an opportunity to make that risk-free bet. It's an opportunity to get some extra money for your bankroll. So what you want to do, use the link in the description of this video. You go down there, it's pinned, it's very, very simple, or you can use OSCFB. What you got to do, new users, sign up, deposit money. You can do up to $1,000. You get that risk-free bet of up to $1,000. You don't have to do $1,000. I want to be clear. You say, I want to do 200 bucks, boom, you get a $200 free bet. And if you lose, you get the money back in free bets. It's a great opportunity with kickoff. Dare I say only 10 days away in college football. So make sure you do that. Like I said, scroll down. It is the pinned comment on this video. While you're there, you're going to hit that like button for us because we really do appreciate it. But take advantage of what BetMGM is doing. A really, really good offer. We've got many more conferences to go, including is the MAC your favorite conference? Yeah, of course. They play football on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights at the end of the year. They do play football on Tuesday nights. Last year, maybe, even though it didn't really cash the ticket, but I think it might have been your best and our best as a, as a team here, Paul, was identifying Kent State as a team that could have made some serious noise. And they got to that championship game, and that was a big money ticket, potentially. It's these type of conferences where you can find the edge. So the MAC. It's a mess. You've got really a wide open conference. Toledo is the quote unquote favorite, but they're north of three to one. Do you like a conference like this where a lot of teams I think could emerge as a serious contender? Yeah, I do. And I think if you're taking some long shots, this is the conference to do so because it's wide open this year, yep. more so than every other year. Like, <laughs> I think we should probably do a rapid fire on every single roster just because of the teams like Akron and Bowling Green are actually doing a really good job building their programs. And then you have a ton of turmoil with some of the teams that are typically at the top of this conference. There's a lot of quarterback changes this year. And I think that's why you can take some solid futures overall. Not to mention there's a disparity between the sides. The West side is considerably more difficult than the East, which which is where our Kent State future came from. We were yep. taking the stance, all right, if we can find the team that makes it out of the East, you're going to get a really good number. And we did. Unfortunately, they couldn't beat Northern Illinois. No, but they got there, and that's certainly all you can ask for for that. And Kent State finds themselves 8.5-1 to one on DraftKings to win this conference, five win total. There's just a lot of teams flirting with those win totals. And I will say for these conferences, you don't want to be deterred. It, the non-con, you're going to have some losses, and we can. that's okay. You're going to be able to incur that. If you can grab a, a couple wins in non-con, that's going to go a long way for some of these teams. And then you've got a team – we're going to talk about Akron. I want to talk about them because their win total is just two and a half. And I actually think they're going to be better. But where, where do you go for the like if there's a team, is it is it Toledo to win the conference? I think Toledo's the best team in that Western side. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a good roster. When you look at what they're replacing, it's not quite as much as some other teams. They, they have their quarterback back, which you can't say about a lot of teams in this conference. And he was solid. So I think right away they're they've got a leg up there. That's Daquan Finn. They're Biggest question, I think, is their losses on offense. They lose Kobach, but they bring in Penny Boone from Maryland to kind of offset that at running back. At receiver, they lose Winstead, Mitchell, Danzel McKinley, Kinsey Lewis, Matt Landers. So they're going to start Jerwan Newton, Devin Maddox, and Demir Blankham. See, Maddox is really the only guy that has production there. 
They lose two of their better offensive linemen. So the three they have left are kind of middling. And then the strength of the team without a doubt is their defense. Eight starters are turned, seventh ranked unit in the country. They're the best defense in this conference, in a conference that doesn't play a lot of defense, which I think sets them apart and probably should make them the favorite to win this. I think plus 340 is fine. I've been debating betting it myself, but the side is still very difficult, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I mean, I it feels fine. I, I think they're probably lined pretty close to where I would have them, so... I, I do think they are the quote-unquote best team. And it's also a product I'm not in love with some of the the next tier in this conference. Miami of Ohio is supposed to be better. Then you've got the directional Michigan teams. I don't really like much, much of them. And then I want to ask you about Penn State because they've suffered some serious losses at key positions. Can they replace some of the, the big names that launched them into that title game? Yeah, so Miami, Ohio is the favorite in the East I think it's probably right, but not by a lot. Same. I don't really like that team. They returned their signal caller, Brett Gabbert, who he actually was the third graded quarterback in this conference last year. Pretty solid for him. He takes care of the ball, which I think is the best thing we can say about him. But they lose Jack Sorensen. Mac Hippenhammer was solid. Jalen Walker, he comes over. He should have to play a larger role. That's fine. But their offensive line's not great, even though they're only losing one starter. You only have two above average players here and you have to replace the third. So they automatically don't have a great offensive line. They only returned five starters on defense, which was the strength of their team last year. So I think they're going to take a step back. And then you look at a team like Kent State, the big question they have is can they replace Dustin Crum? They're going to look to Colin Schley, who is kind of their longtime backup. He is mobile, which is important to this offense. He is 202 excuse me, 212 career rushing yards and just 32 carries, which is solid in this offense. And even if he's not a great passer, you should be able to fall back on that. But they have good receivers too. Dante Cephas is back. Jay Sean Polk played a good role for this team. They do have to replace Keisha Abram and Nikeem Johnson, their second and third leading receivers. But having Polk and Cephas is solid. They also have all three of their running backs back. On the offensive line, you do lose three starters, which I think is the biggest question here. But you have three starting player or three players with significant starting experience and all of them were above average not to mention they ravaged some big programs for transfers nolan rumler comes over from michigan he's a former four star kevin toth comes over from rutgers he is experienced and he's a versatile player that played both inside and out there then their defense returns six starters but i think the biggest addition to their defense isn't actually a player they went over and took the northern iowa dc who's had phenomenal success at the fcs level of competition and he's changing their defensive scheme, which could be, you know, more of an addition than an individual player here. So I do like Kent State to come out of this side. Again, it's the weaker side. They have an easier schedule than a lot of teams in the West. And you're getting a really good price on them. If you want to bet them to win the conference, it's plus 850. But their win total is also five, which is a little bit ridiculous. Again, they have one surefire win in non-con and LIU. They're going to lose the other three but they play in the weakest side of this conference. So you could easily see them even just sweeping their side and coming out with six wins, not to mention their crossover is not that bad either. You, you do play Toledo, but then you get Ball State and Eastern Michigan. I think those are winnable games. Yeah, I mean, and you're going to see that even last year, you know, Kent State, I, I don't have it in front of me. They started out there playing Big Ten teams and stuff. That means <laughs> little little to nothing. They, they played Texas A&M, Iowa, and Maryland. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god! And then you get into to conference schedule, and it's a totally different mindset for these teams. Like if you mentioned, they play Long Island. 
everything else is they're going to be one and three. But if you get a miraculous win, that then you're over. But you can absolutely manage that because the bottom of of what you're talking about here is some just rough team. You know, Bowling Green and Akron and those types. I'm not asking you even if these are sleeper teams, but are they going to be as bad as it seems with Akron only winning a couple games? Bowling Green was so bad. Then they beat Minnesota as like a 40-point underdog. Where are they at? They're both improving. I actually love Akron's win total at two and a half. Oh my. They, they play St. Francis in non-con, so I think you have one there. They're another team that's going to go one and three. St. Francis. I think they're okay. significantly better than Ohio, and then they just need to knock off one other team, which they certainly could do. They had the highest graded quarterback in the conference last year, just in terms of passing and Zach Gibson. Unfortunately, he transferred to Georgia Tech, so now you're moving forward with DJ Irons, who is solid, I think. He's he's mobile, which is, is pretty good here. But they just added so much in the transfer portal. Chalky Jacques-Louis from Pitt, Daniel George from Penn State, Alex Adams from LSU, Cam Wiley at running back from Minnesota. Their offensive line returns their top eight players. Their defense returns eight starters here. On top of transfers, K.J. Martin from West Virginia, Tim Terry from Buffalo, Victor Jones, Wyoming, Curtis Harper from Syracuse. This team has improved. They're going to win over two and a half games, and it's sitting at minus 105. I like this a lot. It, you know, like you you mentioned Bowling Green. They're improved, too. They returned their signal caller, Matt McDonald, who was firmly average in terms of passing efficiency in this conference. But they returned their top three receivers, and they had Boston College, C.J. Lewis. We know their coach has ties to Boston College. Their offensive line loses just one starter, and he was easily the worst starter on their team, so you should see improvement there. Then they returned nine starters on their defense, which wasn't that bad. Their defense ranked 79th in the country last year, which was significantly better than I thought. Their whole defensive line was essentially at least some sort of honorable mention or better all-conference in this this, this conference. I mean, this Bowling Green team is pretty decent, too. I actually don't mind their over at four wins. Which makes me think, you know, like the East is getting a little bit better and the West is kind of in turmoil right now with a lot of the quarterbacks they're replacing. This is really volatile conference, which makes me like some of these long shots. Yeah, Bowling Green's an interesting one. Another team that you're pretty So you got UCLA and Mississippi State. Those are losses. Eastern Kentucky's a win. I don't know a ton about Marshall. It seems like a loss, but I guess it's somewhat winnable. Bowling Marshall's Green really good. They're going to lose to Marshall. Okay, one and three. Uh, then you're going to have to find four of the eight in conference, but you've got Akron. You've got the directional Michigans. You've got Ohio, Buffalo. There, there's some wins there. I think there's a lot of push equity here, honestly. I think so, too. I would rather take Akron, but I just I think so. Bowling Green is getting better. Like I think Ohio is the worst team on this side of the conference, without a doubt. And then I think all of the directional Michigans have questions like central. You do return your quarterback, Daniel Richardson, but you lose your top two receivers in Khalil Pimpleton and Ja'Cory Sullivan. You lose both of your tackles. And I mean, Bernard Raymond and Luke Gedeke, these are two of the essentially the best offensive linemen in the conference. Both played for central last year. They're both gone. The rest of their starters are average. Central Michigan returns four starters on defense that ranked 27th. You know, like, would I be surprised if a Bowling Green or an Akron upset Central Michigan? Absolutely not with the replacements they have to make. Eastern Michigan replaces both Ben Bryant and Preston Hutchinson. They have a great receiving unit, but their offensive line, I think, might take a little step back. They're losing one starter there. It's actually a pretty good offensive line. But again, they're only returning six starters on defense. Eastern Michigan has questions. And Western might have more than all of them. They're going to have 
a huge question at quarterback with Jack Salapek replacing Caleb Ellaby. They also lost Sky Moore on offense, Jalen Hall, Anthony Torres, Bryce Nunley, essentially like four of their top five receivers. And then you look at their offensive line, they lose both of their tackles as well. Defense, seven starters returned, but that was the 82nd ranked unit. Every one of those directional Michigan schools has significant questions and a lot of rebuilding on their hands. Whereas a team like Akron, Bowling Green, even Buffalo to an extent, took steps forward. No, I don't think they're going to knock off all three of those directional Michigan teams. But if there was one upset or two, maybe that wouldn't be a huge surprise. Yeah, I, it's just a conference that is uh, there's a lot. of You're going to see a lot of games that are inside a touchdown and there's going to be, quote unquote, upsets that are, you know, 60, 40 coin flip type games. And that's going to do a lot to impact these win totals. I do want to say very quickly, one programming note. Because we got so much going on here, I gave you the wrong promo code. It's betting UCFB. The moral of the story is that's why you just use the link in the description of the video. That that will be right. Betting UCFB for that risk-free bet at BetMGM. We want to make sure you guys get your money. Uh, the other one will work, but uh, betting UCFB. Anyway, here we go. Same thing. Is it Toledo to win the conference and Akron as the sleeper team, or is that too drastic? Uh, what are you doing for the Mac? I think this is the toughest conference to break down in the country. I think you're getting the best return on Kent State to win the conference yeah. just because they're playing in the easier side. You're getting plus 850 rather than 340. And that game, let's say they both make it out, Toledo and Kent State, it's going to be within a touchdown, the spread that is. And then you get Kent State plus 850 again, assuming they win. So I'm going to go Kent State to win the conference. I think Akron is a sleeper team. When you look up and down the board here, you know, I, I think if you're just talking pure sleepers, it's Akron. Northern Illinois is a team that isn't getting a lot of love, and I, I don't like their win total overall, but in terms of like sleeper, they return their signal caller, even though they lost their two top receivers. They still have Cole Tucker coming back. Solid offensive line, pretty good defense. I think they kind of qualify as sleeper too. Yeah, again, I think you can make a case for really a bunch of schools um for me i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on the bowling green train as you mentioned uh, i think that they had shown improvements clearly say what you want about minnesota but like bowling green can fight uh they're gonna knock off some teams they probably shouldn't and i do think they'll secure a couple easy wins in route to a, a possible bowl eligible uh team which would be very very impressive i think i have to just stick with the golden flashes with you i think toledo is the, in fact the best team but we did this last year, and when we got to that game, I believe Kent State was a slight favorite in the game. And I remember that I, I definitely bought out a little and made some money on that. So it's it's possible, yes, Toledo probably would be favored if that matchup happened. There's also a chance it's not Toledo on the other side, and Kent State is, in fact, favorite in that game. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, we had a 10 to 1. It unfortunately didn't work. I remember watching that game. We had like a 70-yard touchdown. Surefire. Receiver dropped it. And then... It was a bad game. Northern Illinois just... They it was really... close to begin, and then Kent State kind of shot themselves in the foot a bunch of times. And Northern Illinois, once they got ahead, they played this ball control style, which is is tough if you're a team like Kent State, who they are essentially a shootout team. They essentially need to be playing from ahead, and oh. that could, that could be an issue. But again, love their new DC. I, I, I like this. Is a, this is a conference again. I know a lot of people watching may be unfamiliar. Get familiar. There's value to be had with these teams, and don't be deterred. I, I'm going to say this again. My last comment. We'll move on. By non-con. You're going to see some of these teams lose by 60 points to Tennessee. and it, That doesn't mean anything. Uh, they get into conference, they flip the switch, and they will rack up some wins. So, there we've got it. Okay, there we have it. We've got, this is my favorite conference to talk about, is the Mountain West. Uh, certainly, I'd say that, I mean, they're not Gonzaga because Gonzaga is now like a perennial juggernaut. But Boise State, to me, has been the, the perennial Cinderella of college football. They got the blue turf, maybe the most famous game against Oklahoma. Their reign has kind of regressed. They're not nearly as good as they were, but they still are the favorite in this conference. Their win total is at nine. They got a bunch of teams right on their heels from Fresno State to Air Force, San Diego State, uh, and whatnot. Let's start, though, with the Broncos of Boise State. How good do you think they're going to be this year? I think they'll be solid. I kind of question their preseason expectations as the favorite to win this conference. It is close. You kind of have a one and two horse race here. Fresno State's plus 240. Boise's plus 220. I think there's a good chance a dark horse could emerge from this conference. When you look at Boise's roster, you do have Hank Bachmeyer back. He's the second highest graded quarterback in this conference last year. That's solid. Their offensive line is a huge question. They allowed 27 sacks last year, and they're losing two starters, two good starters as well. They do have a, a couple guys that project pretty well. But again, this, this is a question for sure. The offensive line, George Halani's back at running back. I think that's solid. But at receiver, you're losing Khalil Shakir and Octavius Evans. It's two surefire starters and an NFL draft pick in Shakir. How do you replace that? They didn't really hit the portal. Like Billy Bowen and Davis Cutter are going to have to start. These are two well below average starters. And then on defense, this should still be the strength. And if they do win the conference, it's going to be on the back of this defense. Nine starters are turning, 27th ranked defense. I won't go through all the players. Just, you know, that there's a slew of all conference and very productive, highly graded players across the defense. And this is going to be what they need if they are going to win. I personally don't like the win total. I would bet under. They have a pretty tough non-con. You get Oregon State. That's a game I think they lose. Then you get UTEP, who's at least live. They'll be a big favorite, probably 7 to 10 points. And then they play BYU. I think there's a chance they're an underdog against BYU in that game. So tough non-con, not to mention the guys they play in conference. You're getting Fresno State, San Diego State, away at Air Force. That's a tough game. It's a tough schedule for Boise. Yeah, I bet Oregon State in that opening game. Uh, More so because I think Oregon State's going to be pretty good, but... I, I see it, and it's I am too. higher. What'd you say? Yeah, it's a way, too. It's in Corvallis. You don't want to be messing around with that. And they've got some tough road games. You mentioned they've got to go into Air Force. <laughs> I'd say they've got to go into Laramie, but Wyoming is it the ultimate dumpster fire this year, unfortunately. We'll get to them in just a second. But if it's not Boise State, it really figures to be one of three in terms of Fresno State, Air Force, or San Diego State. 
I, I'm really high on Air Force this year, but I want to ask you specifically about Fresno State, who has a, I would assume he's an NFL caliber QB. I think he is. It's just they, man, this team does have deficiencies around him. So it's like, can he propel them to the conference win? And I'm not sure. He was actually the sixth highest graded quarterback and fourth highest graded passer this year. So like Bachmeyer played better than, than Jake Hayner, just looking at the full sample of work. Their offensive line is a huge question, and it got Hanner hurt last year. got him hurt early in the year. He got banged up in week one, I, I believe, against UConn it was. So it this was. offensive line is, is tough. Like, you return four starters, but they only have one above-average starter on this team from last year. The rest of these guys were below average and allowing tons of pressure. They didn't really do a lot to replace these guys either, so it's going to be the same old guys coming back. And if they cannot get a step forward year one to year two from some of these starters – I'm worried about Jake Hayner. He's not the most mobile guy, and the injuries could be something that we worry about. Receiver is all they do. Jalen Cropper, Josh Kelly, they had Cal transfer, Nico Remigio. So if they get some, some protection, I think they do have good receivers. Defense, they're returning seven starters. It's the 14th-ranked defense overall last year. A lot of all-conference players coming back, so this could be another avenue to them winning games. Their schedule is not bad. I think you've got two surefire losses in non-con, Oregon State, in USC, then you play UConn and Cal Poly. But again, you're going to Boise State. The rest of their schedule is pretty manageable. I am actually kind of interested just because away at Boise and then from there, their side of the conference is pretty easy. I'm not a big San Diego State guy. We'll talk about them in a second. So I think over their win totals where I would look, it's at eight and a half. But I have questions about both these teams. I don't think I'll be betting much on either except the Boise State under. So I'm not really high on Fresno State, but I will say it's all about the schedule when you're talking about win totals. Eight and a half wins in his juiced. Uh, but I think I can confidently say that they will be favored in nine games. And the game against Oregon State, depending on what they do against Boise, it could be pretty close because it's in Fresno. I don't see... I mean, who else is really giving them a big challenge? They're home to San Diego State. The rest of their schedule is really easy. I think San Jose State's going to be really good this year. San Jose State. So essentially, you have I think two losses. You have two losses to Oregon State, USC. Then you have a very competitive game against Boise. Then I think you have two moderately difficult games against San Jose State and San Diego State. I consider San Jose State the better team of that pairing. If you drop one, you lose the win total. So it's not what I want to bet. I see. I think that Fresno State might beat Oregon State. I hope not, but I, I could You see bet that. Oregon State against Boise State. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a tangential, uh, one of those properties from the math people. I don't know. Uh, this is on the road. It's a weird game. What do you think that's... I mean, I, I know it's a loaded question. That spread to me is going to be like, what, three points? Yeah, so Boise is considered a slightly better team than Fresno. Oregon State is currently a three and a half point favorite over Boise. It's probably going to be four points ish, give or take. Yeah. That one's on the road for Oregon State, though. Yeah. That, and they're playing time. a slightly worse team. So I think it would yeah. be right around the same. Okay. That's, you know, so a couple field goal, up. field goal ish. Regardless, the team that I'm on, I get right to it, bet it already locked and loaded over eight and a half wins for Air Force, minus 125. I also bet them to win the conference. I love this team. They don't throw the ball. When they do throw the ball, it's a 90-yard touchdown every time. 
Uh, it's a great strategy. They're they're just a fantastic team. I love everything about Air Force. Their signal caller is back. Their offensive line, obviously, they don't have like 400-pound behemoths, but they're still very effective. And they run, you know, some version of the, the triple option, but it's a little different than you see the other academies. Uh, I love everything about Air Force. I think they're going to be a force this year. The schedule is manageable. Are it's you easy. as high on them? What, what did you say? It's easy. Yeah, well, that's why I've said manageable. I, I love it. Uh, Air Force is just a, a quality team. And honestly, one thing with them, you know they're going to play the other academies. And Navy's not good anymore. And Army's a good team, but so is Air Force. Northern Iowa, Colorado. This team is, to me, super live to see, uh, honestly flirt with 10 wins. I think they're 4-0 and coming out of non-con, and then they only play one tough game in conference against Boise State. They dodge Fresno. I'm not, not a fan of San Diego State. Colorado State's rebuilding. Why UNLV, Utah State, like the rest of this conference has significant questions. I think there's a chance they could go undefeated. Yes. I was. I, I mean, it's not impossible. Obviously, they're dogs to do that, but uh, put them in the playoff. Hot take, Air Force in the playoff. <laughs> Imagine. Um, and, and this has largely... Like Boise and Fresno play more difficult schedules. So I'll just get that out of the way. I think they are slightly better teams, but they're playing better competition. Air Force has a lot of really good players. Hazik Daniels is back, but they return every starter on their offensive line. And these guys are awesome. And they they have like nine players that played at least 140 snaps last year. So they played through injuries. That gives, that gives them pretty good depth this year. Their defense is also solid. Seven starters return on the 31st ranked defense in the country. I don't know what more you could ask for from a triple option offense. They're returning every single position that you need to for this offense to actually run and run well. Like I said, they're just a fantastic team. They won't throw the ball if they don't have to. They'll have games where they don't attempt to pass. It's just a great – and when he throws, he can really throw. They're not stone dead if they fall behind. Um, And that's what I like about them. You mentioned the Boise game that is in Air Force – I, I really don't understand this line. I'm, I'm a big fan. I don't think people – I will – I'll tell you this much. If Colorado doesn't disgrace themselves against TCU, which they probably will, I got that one circled. Colorado at Air Force September 10th. Air Force is going to smoke them. Uh, I hope that's a manageable spread because I really would like Air Force in that game. Yeah, I like them a lot too. Is there anybody else as we work down – talk to me actually about – San Jose State, 25 to 1, if you think that they can get in the mix for the conference. Win total at six and a half, juiced uh, to the under. So you're getting plus money there. What is it about this team? Is it the defensive line that we saw a couple years ago? Is it a quarterback? How do you think that they attack? Yeah, I, I bet this at 25 to 1. I okay. think it's actually live to win the conference. People forget this team won the conference two years ago. Yeah. And their roster is not all that different. In fact, I think they upgraded quite a bit. They have like a lot of the Hawaii roster coming over. Shavon Cordero comes over to San Jose State. He's help, helping to fill the void left by Nick Starko. And he was awesome last year. Cordero was the fourth highest graded quarterback at the conference, third highest graded passer. And that was with a suspect Hawaii team. Now he's certainly improving. They do lose their tight end, Derek Dees, but they added two premier transfers in Justin Lockhart and Elijah Cooks to complement the return of their top three receivers. Their offensive line does lose three starters, which I think is a concern here. But two of them were significantly below average starters. I think if you look at like PFF grades, if you can get to a 60 grade as an offensive lineman, that's pretty solid. One of their starters lost, Jack Snyder, did that. 
The other two, Trevor Robinson and Kyle Hoppy, were at 44.7 and 42.4. So not all departing starters are created equal. They lost two horrific starters that were generating a lot of pressure for opposing defenses. Now they're returning two above average starters. And this is a team that hammered the transfer portal. They get James McNorton. They get Maris Tavu. They get a couple other players that have potential to step up in Ostrom, Breslin, Weiss. I think the offensive line is pretty solid here. Then their defense returns eight starters. They were the 53rd ranked defense in the country. Their defensive line is awesome. Essentially, every single player on that defensive line is all conference, honorable mention, or better. And that was the case last year. And then their secondary, I think, will be fine too. Like Nehemiah Shelton's a solid player back there. Trey Jenkins, those are two guys that were all conference as well. It's a great defense. And I think they kind of bandaged over some of the holes from last year's team after some departures from the team that actually won the conference. It's a really solid roster. I think if you look at the schedule, it's it's manageable here too. They should be three and one coming out of non-con with a loss to Auburn. Yep. And from there, you look at the rest of their schedule. They're first of all in the easy side of the conference. So you get Fresno State. That game's on the road. It's gonna be tough, but it is what it is. You don't play Boise. There's a decent path to you know a conference championship where they finally play Boise because of the winnable nature of the regular season. They also don't play Air Force. They don't play Air Force either. Great, yep. yeah, great point. Yeah, it's it's very, very manageable there. Uh, Portland State, Western Michigan, New Mexico State, they're all bad. You throw away the Auburn game, you're going to have to beat teams like Nevada, who's got about one starter returning. Wyoming, who's just awful. Hawaii, who had a full mutiny in the offseason. The program, they were just like, no, we're not playing. Uh, those teams are short Hawaii. That's I'll just want to throw that out there right now. The bottom of this conference, before we move on to the Sun Belt, to me, is a disaster. I think there's going to be some really bad teams and some of my favorite teams. I think Wyoming is in big trouble. And I think that Hawaii might flirt with only a win or two this year. And they're, all the teams you mentioned are on San Jose State yes. schedule. Absolutely. It's it. This is why, um, you know, I think they'll – and listen, at 25 to 1, if you get there, you've done your job. I think they will be, uh, if they get there, a significant dog to Air Force or Boise. But at the same time, that's that's a secondary problem. They need to upset Fresno to get here, I think. Yeah, that's probably fair. It does go through them and it is on the road. But again, you can bet their win total and have that as your backup because they can easily not you know, lose to Fresno and easily cash that win total. Their roster is competitive with Fresno's and it might be better just across the board. I think Fresno has some significant advantages at certain positions. When you talk about full roster... San Jose State might be better. There you have it. Air Force for me to win the conference. I'm going to jump right on the San Jose State train with you. You've made a very good case. And the more I look, when you're dodging Boise and Air Force, I really like the schedule sets up. How do you see the conference? I'm the exact same as you. Those are the two teams I'm backing in particular. There we have it. All right. One conference left. Then we'll talk a little independent. But the Let's go to the belt, the sun belt, all the the uh, Coastal Carolina glory, but this is a competitive conference. App State uh, leads us off. Louisiana Lafayette, who is a team who's on a two-year sun run uh, of kind of winning a lot of games. Maybe not, I'm not going to say they shouldn't, but uh, at the same time, I don't think they should have won as many games as they did. You've got Coastal, Marshall, a million other teams. Seems like a pretty wide open conference to me. Does it seem that way to you? I think so, and it's not necessarily projecting that way in postseason odds. Essentially, they took last year's finish 
copy and pasted them, changed it a little bit based on some incoming bets. And I think you have a lot of opportunity for teams down in the depths here to get a nice long shot future. Like App State, I think, is their rightful favorite. They mm -hmm. they lose a lot. Chase Bryce is there, but they lose their top four wide receivers. Their offensive line is going to be a little up and down. They lost Bear Hunter. He's their only departure. He played center for them. From there, like Anderson Hardy leaves a little bit to be desired. But the rest of their starters are pretty solid, like Helms and, and Hodges are good. So App State, five starters return on their defense. The returners they have are really solid, so I don't, I don't think the departures mean too much there. They're the rightful favorite. Not too much to bet on them. I think their schedule sets up right in line with their win total. Lafayette is a team that is going through so much. They lose their coach. They lose their signal caller. They lose Kyron Lacey, transfers to LSU. They lost five of their top six offensive linemen. Their defense only returns five starters after finishing 13th in the country. And a lot of these guys just transferred with the changing of the coaches. They should not be ranked second in this conference. Coastal Carolina lost something like 27 seniors. And I love their coach. I love their signal caller, but they lose likely. They lose highly. They're only returning two starters in their offensive line. They only return three starters in their defense. They probably shouldn't be third in this conference either. There's a lot of opportunity for the teams right in this tier below Coastal and Lafayette to potentially land a future. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. And is that is that where Marshall comes into play? Because they seem like a team that's primed uh, in terms of the odds to fill that void if, in fact, Lafayette takes a, steep, a step back and if, in fact, Coastal's not as good as they've been in recent years. Yeah, I think this Marshall team's awesome. First of all, they're like top five or six in G5 recruiting teams. This team was 57th in the country in recruiting. For your reference, that's better than Memphis, Cal, Washington State, UCLA, Boise State, Kansas State, NC State. Marshall has a better recru recruiting class than all wow. of those teams, which is unbelievable. They got a solid transfer at quarterback in Henry Columbia from Texas Tech, who I think is actually a pretty good player. He was the sixth highest graded quarterback in the Big 12, just got kind of worked out of that, that coaching staff there. He averaged 8.8 .8 yards per attempt, 65% completion percentage, and he's semi-mobile. Like Columbia did not have a bad year. He's just a little up and down. You do have some replacements at receiver for Marshall. I don't think that's a, a huge question mark here. You still have Corey Gamage and Talik Keaton, who were two of your best guys. Rashina Lee was an awesome running back for them. You return four starters in the offensive line, and you get a really good transfer in Trent Holler, a couple other transfers on the team too. Then you look at the defense. They're returning six starters for a unit that was 36. And essentially every single one of their, their starters that return have it some sort of all-conference honors and production on this team. Not to mention some of their other highest grading returning players like Charlie Gray. He only played 30, 336 snaps last year. He's going to be playing in a full-time role now. So this defense should be really good. When you look at the schedule, I think it's perfectly winnable. You have three wins in non-con, Notre Dame being the lone loss. And then again, just looking across the conference, you draw Louisiana and Troy in the West. They play in the more difficult side, but if they can come out of this, you're getting a pretty good future here. And I think Marshall should probably be the favorite in this, this conference behind App State. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it does seem 
pretty wide open. And I'm with you. I'm looking to short Lafayette. Uh, third team, of course, ironically, last year. I bet them against Texas. They lost, and then I didn't bet them again. I think they won every other game, uh, which is pretty standard of how things go over here. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, there's still a, a bunch of other, you know, Georgia State, Troy, South Alabama. I know a lot of people that really like Southern Miss this year. Uh, then yeah, it gets pretty why. pretty bad. Um, I do have something to say about Louisiana Monroe. We'll end this conference with that, but of the teams kind of in the, in the bottom tier, is there a, a San Jose state of the Sun Belt? I think when you look down, there's some teams that you could definitely consider that Georgia state. They're not really in that San Jose, t- San Jose state tier, but I like them quite a bit as a team. South Alabama is a team that I really like. They're coming out of the weaker side of the conference. So they are essentially battling with like Louisiana Lafayette. And then their crossover is pretty easy. Old Dominion and Georgia Southern. Their non-con, I think you're either two and two or three and one, depending on the Louisiana Tech game. Surefire loss to UCLA, but Desmond Trotter's back as their signal caller. They lose Jalen Tolbert, but they have like Wayne back as a solid player behind them. They lose just one starter on their offensive line. So four other starters return. These players are middling at best, but again, a lot of continuity there. And then eight starters return in your defense, which is 59th. The schedule is pretty easy for this team. You essentially play all the worst teams in the Sun Belt Conference. It's at 18 to 1. I think if they just get past Louisiana Lafayette, who's in a significant rebuild, you have a pretty good future with South Alabama. Yeah, it does set up pretty well for them. They're going to have to get to past Louisiana on the road. Southern Miss on the road, but it doesn't sound like you're as high on them as other people are. Southern Miss is crap. Yeah, people really – I have seen uh, multiple people who, who think Southern Miss is live, and I did look at their win total. I, I definitely took a look at it um, and didn't really have a strong take, to be honest. I, I, they <laughs> do you do want one? Them. What? They're, they're putting all of their, like, Easter eggs in this Ty Keys thing because it got hurt last year. So, like, Ty Keys earned the starting job midway through the season – this guy completed 50% of his passes for five and a half yards per attempt, three touchdowns, four interceptions on a small sample. Like this is the guy you want to put all like the eggs in the basket for, for this guy. They lost their best offensive lineman. Everyone else has a below average grade. Paul Gaynor had a 31 grade, 38 grade. Jerquan Scott had a 47. Coker Wright was at 39. John Bowling, 50. Brazen Mays, 53. Like this is a crap offensive line. Their defense returned seven starters none of whom had any all-conference honors. They lost literally every single good defensive player they had. Like, Where do people get the positive energy from this team? Poor Southern Miss fans watching the show. They must be... No, it's like people people on Twitter are like, Southern Miss is a sleeper because Ty Keyes is back. It's like, great, I love his 51% completion (laughs) percentage and three touchdown to four interception ratio. Give me that. Tell tell me how you really feel. Last thing I have to mention them, my boys, Louisiana Monroe, certainly not live to win the conference. Uh, my real question is, are they live to win more than two and a half games? And I think the answer is pretty decisively no. Uh, I know that no one really cares about this, but if you're looking to make money and you've got a large bankroll and you're betting a lot of win totals, Louisiana Monroe belongs on the card. I'm pretty sure they're only going to win one game. Is that against Nichols? Yes. Yeah, I could definitely see that. They <laughs> won't get into this too much. They returned, they returned four starters on their defense. They lost five of their six top off, or excuse me, six of their top nine offensive linemen. They lost their quarterback. 
They lost maybe their best receiver in Jared Sparks. Yeah, I'm not optimistic. They have <laughs> non-con at Texas, at Alabama, at Army. Just no. Nickel State, yes. They play Coastal. They play other teams in this conference. They're at Troy, at South Alabama, at Arkansas State, uh, at Georgia State. I don't know where they're getting wins from. I think they're pretty soundly 1-11, and they will be underdog in 11 games. Yeah, I think so too. Sorry, Warhawks. All right. Is App State the rightful favorite, but maybe not the best bet? Is that kind of how we're summing this up? That's what I think. Okay. For me, I, I tend to agree. I'm going to have to look. I said earlier in the show, I'm not super familiar with Marshall, but you've got me pretty intrigued because I'm looking to short Lafayette. I don't really like Coastal either. So maybe it is time for Marshall or Georgia State to take that step. Yeah, I like Georgia State. We didn't talk about, about them a ton, but they have a pretty good roster. Should Darren Granger's back. We don't need to get into it too much, but offensive line, they lost one starter. The rest of this unit's very good, very good grades in the offensive line, unlike Southern Miss. They returned seven starters on defense. That defense was 57th last year. They should be taking a step forward as well. The last thing I want to mention is James Madison. How was their win total six and a half in their first year in the FBS? So James Madison, I believe, not that you're even asking this, but they're or they're ineligible for like goals and stuff, right? Because so my now they don't even play twelve games this year. Okay, well that makes it even tougher. Um, they only how many games do they play? Eleven, I'm pretty sure. Which makes a right. six and a half win total, I think, even more far fetched. Yeah, that's even worse. So we've got Middle Tennessee State, Norfolk State, and. Louisville. I think they um, lose every one of those except Norfolk. Yeah. And I mean, they lost, I'm not super familiar from this team, but I, I'm pretty sure they had a, like an amazing quarterback who threw like 50 touchdowns and he's gone. Is he not? You know who their quarterback is now? I don't. Good I don't, old Todd Santeo. I don't even know who that is. He was the Colorado state QB last year. He's bounced around like four programs. Yeah. The guy they had was amazing. They had some, well, they had Ben DiNucci. Let's step back. Then he grad, you know, he's gone. Then they, someone got hurt. They had another guy and he was great. They've been a juggernaut for a while, but huh? 11 game schedule and they got to get to seven. And they, they only have like one decent offensive line starter, in my opinion. They were all at grades of 60 or below in the FCS. Nick Kidwell's the only one above that. Four starters returned their defense. They lost their best receiver. This team lost to Villanova in North Dakota State last year. Like, I understand they were 12-2 and two overall, but they were playing an FCS schedule. Now their win total six and a half in the Sun Belt with Louisville on their schedule, with Middle Tennessee State on their schedule. I will hammer the under on this. Yeah, this is pretty fair. I mean, I, it's always hard to tell, like, how good would a a good FCS team be against these type of teams? We're about to find out. I mean, if you're um, losing to Villanova? Yeah. I mean, you got Coastal, you're at App State, you've got Marshall. I mean, they're, they're dogs in all these games, right? They're favored in their first game. Maybe they're better than people think. I, I really they could don't. be. I mean, I could have a terrible read on this, but I just don't understand. Yeah. I mean, the Sun Belt, they got some real goblins in this conference, but ah, 
I want to keep an eye on James Madison. I'm interested to see it. I'd like to see how they do. Uh, I, I do think this is the type of team that will be pretty telling. Like Middle Tennessee State's a pretty good barometer. If you asked me what the line on that game was, I would have thought that uh, MTSU was favorite, and that doesn't seem to be the case. So, oh, they are a touchdown underdog. Yeah, that I got to look into them as well. All right, a couple minutes left. There's not that many independents, but Notre Dame is there. They're your boys. UMass is there. They're my boys. How good – I mean, Notre Dame doesn't do themselves any favors by getting Ohio State. Eight-and-a-half win total, 10-1 to 1 to make the playoff. What do you see from this team? What realistically are the expectations? They're changing head coaches, luckily in-house replacement. They're changing quarterbacks. Buckner had a little cameo last year. His best trait is his mobility. He looks pretty decent, good. Decent passer. Offensive line is going to be amazing here, and their defense is going to be amazing here. So I think there's a chance they just fall back on the run and good defensive play. They play one of the harder schedules I've seen for them in recent memory at Ohio State, at or excuse me, at USC to end the year, and then they play versus Clemson midpoint. They also play BYU in Vegas. That's certainly not an easy game, and they're at North Carolina. So it's a tough schedule for Notre Dame. Too tough for me to bet the win total with so many changes under going in this program, not to mention Avery Davis towards ACL. He's their best receiver outside of tight end Michael Mayer. And then if you do think they hit their win total, like they're probably making the playoffs. I would rather just take the 10 to one there, but even that's not something I love. It's my favorite bet for Notre Dame, but I still think very far fetched. Yeah. I mean, they're massive dogs uh, to Ohio state as they should be. Um, I don't really have a ton to say. It feels like a, a 10 and two year where they're, Solid, but not playoff relevant, most likely. Uh, we'll see. You mentioned strong defense, offensive line, mayor. They've got some dudes. There's no doubt about it. I just I don't see too much that they're able to beat Ohio State. And without that, it's going to be pretty tough. I agree. Yeah. All right. Last team. And then next week, get ready. Week zero. We're going to be diving into games. We're going to be answering questions. We're going to be doing all the fun things. Here at Betting You, it is time to bet some actual games. But the last thing we do every year is examine UMass's win total, which sits at two and a half. The under is minus 145. I bet this last year. They beat UConn. It was one and a half last year. I only needed one more win. And then they lost to Maine and Rhode Island and New Mexico State to close the season. I do think that UMass is actually going to be better. The question is, how the hell are they going to find three wins? Stony Brook is on the schedule. UConn is on the schedule. New Mexico State is on the schedule. I don't know about this. It seems like this could be pretty tough this year. I think so. Luckily, they don't play any good teams. Like well, Tulane helps. is in the bottom half of their conference. Temple's in the basement of their conference. Eastern Michigan, significant rebuild. Liberty, significant rebuild. Buffalo in the bottom of their conference. New Mexico State... Barely a program. UConn, barely a program, although they're improved. I think UConn's the favorite. Arkansas State, they're in the bottom half of their, even though they're recruiting really well. At and Texas then, A&M. An Army, yeah. two surefire losses. I don't know. I think they could upset one of these teams, but asking for two might be a lot. What do you think the line is on Texas A&M? 45. 45, yeah. That's fair. I don't know if we can do anything with UMass. I'm sorry, friends. It's just the nature of the beast. But you know what? We've talked a lot. We've went through bets couple let's close it out with this all these conferences i'm gonna ask you kind of slightly different if you have a favorite bet or two and then who do you think is the best g5 team in the country 
I think Houston's the best G5 team. They're my favorite bet in that conference. I think plus 250 to win it or the over at nine minus 125 is fine. In conference USA, I like the under on Western Kentucky. That's at eight and a half. It's minus 140. Significant rebuild on their hands. The MAC is the toughest one, but a good one, I think, to take long shots. Kent State's my favorite team there. Over five wins, minus 145, or just plus 850 to win it again. They're in the easy side, so they just got to win their side. And then whoever they draw, hopefully they can upset them. Mountain West, my favorite team is San Jose State. It's 25 to one if you want to bet them to win it, but over six and a half at plus 110, I think, is a solid bet. Also, like Air Force, I'm sure you'll mention them. In the Sun Belt, Marshall is my team, plus 550. Over seven wins is minus 140. I think that's solid. And then I'm also in the under for James Madison tentatively. Not sure how teams are projected to be seven-point underdogs to the team making the jump to FBS. I love it. I'm with you. I think that Houston is also the best G5 team, but I think that Air Force might have the best record uh, of all these teams. I think that Air Force is live to win every game on that schedule, and I love them. I love that win total. And on the flip side, I think that the Mountain West provides some of the best value on both sides. Under four and a half wins for Hawaii, I think, is on my short list. The team has no players. It used to be you go to the island and you lose. Now they're just, they're a disaster. I think that that team could surprise people with how bad they, in fact, are. The under on Western Kentucky, as you mentioned, a lot of opportunities there. And then I, I'll just say this: if you're if you're being a big uh, like a large win total card under two and a half wins for Louisiana Monroe from the depths, they're going to be favorite in one game against Nichols State. Good for Nichols State. Should have made March Madness. That's another complaint for another time for Abilene Christian. Anyway, we've done it. We have gone through every conference and prepped you for these win totals. And now it is time to turn the page to the actual games. We will be back next week, breaking it all down, answering your questions. And if you have any questions, at Matt underscore Gajeski or just at Matt Gajeski. What is your Twitter handle? At Matt underscore Gajeski. You got it. You had it. I had it. I should have just went with it. Uh, thanks again to BetMGM for powering the show. Use that link in the description of the video. And thanks to you guys for watching. We love doing these previews, setting all the information for what's going to be a great college football season for me, for Matt, for everyone here at Odd Chopper. Good luck. Enjoy. Only 10 more days till football. Can't wait. Talk to you guys soon.